Welcome to the November 10th, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com daily podcast, where we cover the biggest stories in Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency every single day. You could count on us being here. This is your host, Space Marine, live from the outer fringes of the Milky Way galaxy. It is very cold and dark out here, but I still have internet connection. I still have this microphone. Yes, we are doing a show no matter what. Even if there is nothing around me, I'm in the middle of space. So, market analysis. Bitcoin has not been very exciting lately with the price movements, and that's actually exciting to me because it's more useful as a currency when it doesn't really move in price. So, Bitstamp and Coinbase is at 63.40. Bitfinex is at 64.26. That's about a 80 or 90 dollar difference. So it's like the Bitfinex premium actually got down to like 1%, even less than 1%, and then it went back up. And that seems to be because people are reporting very slow fiat withdrawals and very slow fiat deposits. So yeah, Bitfinex actually got a banking relationship in the Bahamas. Well, at least Tether did, and I assume Bitfinex did too, because they're intimately related. Maybe I shouldn't assume that. In any case, the fiat system on Bitfinex is much harder to use than Coinbase. And it costs more money to get Bitcoin on Bitfinex because it's harder to get money in there. So... But they still remain the biggest USD to Bitcoin exchange in the world at this point. As for the overall crypto market analysis, the market cap's at $212.7 billion right now. I'm actually doing the show early, early on the 11th. It might still be the 10th somewhere, maybe near like the western part of Alaska or something in Hawaii. I'm not sure exactly. So, yeah, Bitcoin, we just talked about that. Ethereum's at $212. It's actually quite steady across most of the market. Besides Bitcoin Cash, they're not very steady, declining day by day. They're at 540 right now. That fork is coming in four days. We don't really talk about Bitcoin Cash on BitcoinNews.com, though, because we like Bitcoin, and we believe Bitcoin is Bitcoin Core, 100%. So I'm going to start trying to do the biggest gainers and the biggest losers on the show. The biggest gainer is Wax. Oh, we all love Wax. I don't know what the Wax cryptocurrency is. Maybe I'll look into it, but they're up like 11.4% today. So it's a bit of a rally. Mithril's up 8%. I think I looked up Mithril, and there's some sort of like social community cryptocurrency, kind of like Steam it. But I asked the Mithril community, hey, how do I use Mithril? I actually was in their channel once, and they never told me. So I never got into Mithril, maybe one day. Then there's Dropple, it's up 8%. Loom Network, 6% up. Maker, 6%. That's Maker DAO, the Decentralized Autonomous Organization. Decentraland's up 6%. So Decentraland's where people buy property for money, but it's virtual property. So they're buying like virtual plots of land. It's kind of like Minecraft, except you've got to pay like a million dollars for the land you want. And I'm not kidding. Like there's People are spending like a ton and ton of money on there. Just to buy land. Like, you could play Minecraft, where it doesn't cost anything to buy the land. You can do whatever you want. But Decentraland, but then you could play Decentraland, where you could do anything you want with the land, like Minecraft. Except it costs a ton of money. In fact, people are taking mortgages out now. There's actually a mortgage site. That t- so you can, like, buy land and then pay it back over time. And do whatever you want with it, I guess. I don't know why people are spending tons of money on virtual land, but I guess that's a thing. So go Decentraland, their crypto's going up. They have a $100 million market cap. Let's see. The last one above 5% gain today is Nexo. And then we got Moac at 4.8%. Ravencoin at 
I think they went down the other day, but now they're going back up. Stellar, up 4%. They're the only major crypto that's having a good day, it looks like. And now for the biggest losers. It's not that show where the people lose a ton of weight. It's the biggest losers in the crypto market today. Revein, I don't know what that is. It's down 8%. See, now there's like over 2,000 cryptocurrencies. So even though I'm an expert in the field, for sure, I've written like 750 articles for Bitcoin news, and I've been in this field since like 2014. I don't know most of these coins. They're just launching so quickly. There's over 2,000. There's like probably 20 or 30 being added to coin market cap every day. Eternal Token is down 7%. Pundi X is down 6%. Loop Ring is down over 5%. The only one I recognize, Augur, is down over 5%. $155 million market cap, even though there's only like a million dollars of bets placed on their platform. There's actually like a few million dollars of bets placed right now, mostly because of the midterm elections in the United States. Of course, the elections are over, but their bets don't even settle for like a month. And that must be very annoying for people that like are owed money from these bets. It's literally like one month, maybe like one day less than a month until they actually get the money from their bets. And that, that can't be nice for the people on this platform. So yeah, their crypto is down over 5%. I mean, I like the idea of a prediction market. That's what they do. Horizon down 4%. Kryptonix down 4%. Bat, basic attention token down 4%. They're at 26 cents, so they've been having a heck of a time since they got added to Coinbase. They went up a lot, and then they went down a lot. It seems like the Coinbase effect got shorter. Zcash, not a good day for Zcash. Down 4%. They were up the other day, I remember. Monero's also down like 2%. So it's like a steady day with plenty of cryptos going up and plenty going down. I guess this is a good day for alternative cryptocurrency traders. Now jumping into our first story of the day. So apparently... 600,000 turkeys in the U.S. are being delivered for Thanksgiving, and uh, blockchain's going to help with this. So Americans eat an estimated 6 billion pounds of turkey each year, according to the National Turkey Foundation, which I'm just hearing about this foundation now. It sounds really important, though. And a company named Cargill, which is uh, one of the nation's biggest turkey suppliers, is going to be using blockchain to trace birds from 70 family farms in Missouri and Texas. And in general, blockchain technology is really good for shortening and strengthening supply chains because basically it makes the supply chain transparent and people that like grow the food put their information in the supply chain and you can see like, oh, this turkey was grown correctly. It wasn't like fed with chemicals. Maybe not. I mean, I don't know how they would like possibly see if someone injected a turkey with hormones or not. But it could show when the turkey was slaughtered. It could show when the turkey was put onto a truck. It could show when the turkey reached Walmart. And then, you know, when you see all those events, you could see, oh, the, the truck took longer than it should have. Oh, it's been at Walmart for days now, but it wasn't put on the shelf. So they could strengthen and shorten that supply chain and make it stronger. And it, the effects won't go into effect this year. Like, the first year is when you collect data, like, because this turkey thing only happens once a year. I guess turkeys are sold all year, though. I like eating turkey all year. I don't particularly even do Thanksgiving, but, yeah, so they're going to strengthen and shorten that turkey supply chain probably all year. It's not just a Thanksgiving thing. Pe turkey's important to eat all year. Those poor turkeys. And also, there's that turkey that gets pardoned by the president. I don't think he's going to be on the blockchain, though. Now for our next story. So... The Malaysia Education Ministry is going to develop a blockchain-based degree verification system. And this is to combat degree fraud. So basically, 
you put the university degree onto the blockchain. And this is actually good besides for combating fraud. Because, like, let's say you lose your degree, which happened to me. I was moving around a bunch earlier this year. I left my degree at one of the places I lived, and the people there didn't like me very much, and they threw my degree outside, and it's gone. So that's that for my degree. And, uh, yeah, if it was on the blockchain, I'd still have it. I have a picture of it, like a picture of one of the things associated with the degree on my phone. It's not even that great of a picture, but, yeah, I wish I, my degree would have been on the blockchain. And then, apparently, the other aspect is... Like, people are saying they have degrees, but they don't. So, if, like, they make the whole system so, like, it's on the blockchain, then you would need a private key to verify you have the degree or something so you can sign a message saying, this is my degree. And that's good because probably there's a lot of people running around, as we know, they're like, oh, I'm a doctor, but they're not. I'm a lawyer, but they're not. So, Malaysia is trying to combat that. Maybe it's a problem over there. Now for our next story. So Jeff Garzik donated a whole lot of Bitcoins to keep Bitcoin alive during the early days. He donated 15,678 Bitcoins from his own money. So this is because Bitcoin was like barely surviving. And that's true. In the early days, Bitcoin, like almost no one was using it, like in 2009. And Jeff Garz Garzik is a close colleague of Satoshi Nakamoto. Who knows? Maybe he is Satoshi Nakamoto. But he donated 15,678 Bitcoins. To get other people to jump into Bitcoin. Like, basically, he's like, hey, I'll give you a thousand Bitcoins if you develop the code. Like, to someone that's really smart, obviously. He'd be like, hey, I know you're the best coder in the world. Here's a thousand Bitcoins. It's going to go up. But they were probably still skeptical. Because Bitcoin wasn't worth anything in the early days. But he tried donating a bunch. Like, kind of like how the cryptocurrency ICO projects do now. They give people, like, Bitcoins. Not Bitcoins. They give people, like, the native token of the ICO. To get people involved, to get people to develop code, to get people to market for them for free, basically. And uh, Jeff Garzik, I said, yeah, maybe he's Satoshi, because who knows what Satoshi is, but he says Satoshi is Floridian Dave Kleinman. That's cool because I'm a Floridian, and I had a feeling it started here. There's a lot of Bitcoin spirit in Florida. This is a real anarchist, crazy state, and yeah, it probably did start here. So, And Dave Kleinman was a... Florida police officer, believe it or not, and he was also a computer expert, and he passed away in 2013, unfortunately, so that could explain why Satoshi really totally disappeared. So just to summarize what's going on with this article topic again, uh, Jeff Garzik, one of the earliest Bitcoin developers who's pretty sure who Satoshi is, because he worked with Satoshi, says, so Jeff Garzik donated 15,678 Bitcoins, and Bloomberg asked him if he regretted that decision, because and 15,678 Bitcoins are worth $100 million now. And he says, of course it was worth it. Like, Bitcoin almost was dead back when I started doing that. So, yeah, now it's really alive and there's no question it's going to stay alive. That was a success. Aside from that, if Jeff Garzik was one of the earliest Bitcoin miners, which he likely was, literally you could mine Bitcoin on a personal computer and get whole blocks of 50 Bitcoins, I'm sure he has plenty of Bitcoins. So why would he regret donating Bitcoins to make Bitcoin as valuable as it is today? Now for our final story of the day, it involves Iran. So Iran has created a national cryptocurrency. They say it is ready for deployment. It just has to be approved by the Central Bank of Iran. It's going to be pegged one-to-one -one with the Iranian real, which is the IRR, that's its currency code. And it's likely going to be approved because the Central Bank of Iran is the one that commissioned it to be developed. And the Informatics Services Corporation is the one who developed this cryptocurrency. And this is simultaneous with the announcement of sanctions that's really went into full effect on November 5th, 2018. So before the sanctions were taken away, because the Iran nuclear pact was created, 
back under President Obama, where basically we were saying, yeah, you could keep developing your nuclear technology as long as you don't try to make a nuclear weapon. But then Israel found out Iran is probably definitely making a nuclear weapon. And now we're saying, okay, now we're going to do everything we can to cripple the Iranian economy. So the United States has cut off Iranian shipping, aviation, the nuclear industry, and banking has been totally cut off by the United States and its allies, actually, implicitly. Because the allies of the United States and anyone who wants to do business with the United States, it's not just allies. It's anyone who wants to do business with the United States cannot facilitate Iranian banking or shipping or anything or trading unless they get like an exception from the United States approved. And I think there has been a few exceptions granted for oil. Like I think India is allowed to buy Iranian oil or something like that. So, but yeah, like anyone who does business in the United States can't do business in Iran. It's illegal now. And that includes Bittrex and Binance have stopped serving Iranian customers. Regardless of the banking, because they didn't really use fiat for Iran anyways. But yeah, Bittrex and Binance totally cut off Iran as part of the sanctions. They don't want to get in trouble. That's just like that's a good case example of how any company or organization or country that does business with the United States, if they, they could choose, hey, do I want to do business with the United States, the most powerful country in the world, or do I want to do business with Iran? So companies and countries have to make their choice. It's up to them. Anyways, the situation here is that because the banking, the shipping, the aviation, everything's been shut down by the United States, it's really crippling the Iranian economy, just to show how much of a stranglehold the United States has over the planet's economy. And the Iranian real has went from 36,000 Iranian reals per dollar on New Year's this year to 144,000 reals per dollar as of November 11th. So that's 300% inflation. That's hyperinflation. So Iran is experiencing hyperinflation, which is a good indication that the economy is being severely damaged in Iran by the sanctions. And also SWIFT, S-W-I-F-T, which is like a major international payment system, like the top one between banks. They have severed ties with Iran. And that's like a banking system that's used in like the entire world, not just between the United States and Iran. So, yeah. So Iran has no way to send money internationally. They cannot really conduct international business. Literally, they could try it. Even, let's say one country agrees, okay, Iran, you can send money to us. Like somewhere in between, it could probably get seized somehow. Or the United States could exert pressure on any country that does that and shut down their banks too and issue sanctions on them. So some people would argue, oh, this is just the United States issuing sanctions in Iran. Nah, it's most of the world because the United States controls like the global economy with the USD pretty much. And that's not really even speculation, and that's actually facts. So, the Iranian economy is suffering. Iran can't trade or do business internationally, so they've created this cryptocurrency pegged to the Rio. And I bet the United States will make this illegal too, but this will be a good test of how strong a cryptocurrency could be. Because first off, it's going to be deemed illegal by the United States, so just in the same way you can't do business with Iran and do business with the U.S., people that do business with the United States, which is most of the entire world, will not be able to accept this cryptocurrency. And at the same time, I bet the entire the NSA, which is actually the people who created the cryptography behind Bitcoin's code, I bet they'll be trying to hack Iran's cryptocurrency. That's speculation. That's not a fact. But, yeah, this is going to be like the full weight of the United States against a cryptocurrency. And I'm really interested to see if this cryptocurrency gets hacked. 
possibly it will. But so far, cryptocurrencies have not been hacked uh, like that. Like, in proof-of-work, though, they could easily be hacked with a 51% attack. Like, if I ran and used proof-of-work for this cryptocurrency, which they're probably not going to do, they would get hacked in, like, probably a minute. The United States would just turn on all their supercomputers and fork it into, like, 100 pieces. But, yeah, we'll see what happens with this. They're trying to get around those international sanctions. So they could... And the whole point of the international sanctions is so Iran can't build a nuclear weapon and start World War Three, And that's all up for controversy and debate, and people might not even agree with my opinion if you want to call it that. So, but yeah, that's the situation. Iran has been sanctioned for building nuclear weapons. Their economy's crippled. They can't send money internationally. Now they're trying to use a cryptocurrency to do it. It doesn't really look very good for cryptocurrency that this is being done right now. And, yeah, just like when all those wealthy people and then the politicians in the United States say cryptocurrency is used for terrorism, they're probably going to point at this. That's all we have for you today on this November 10th, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com Daily Podcast. Come back tomorrow for another exciting episode and go to BitcoinNews.com 24-7 for the full spectrum of Bitcoin, blockchain, and crypto analysis. This is your host, Space Marine, signing out. I continue to be lost in space at this moment. My compass is broken. Ground control to Major Tom. Get me home. Get me out of this part of space. Adios, amigos.